Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. You're thinking, okay, here we go again. Two seconds, one second, the horn no! Arkansas wins! The Razorbacks have won it! This year's team is built different. They're built more above the rim. Coach Matt Zimmerman on Out of Bounds is brought to you by Telco Federal Credit Union. Providing loans since 1950 for your dream home, duck cabin, home remodel, or vehicle. Apply online at telco.com. Coach Z, welcome to Out of Bounds. How's it going? What's up, Joe Franklin and the whole crew there today? It's going okay. It's bad weather, but uh, it's sunny today, but it's it's cold, man. It's still cold. and uh, Big game tonight, 8 o'clock. Hogs need to, need to win badly. Have you been able to get out and about and make your way around oh, yeah. prior to today, or or you been kind of yeah. sitting still? No, I got, uh, I guess the snow hit Saturday, uh, Sunday after, after church. And then I went out Sunday evening a little bit right before dark, and it was coming down, and it was starting to get pretty slick, actually. And then uh, yesterday was Monday. Yeah, I went to the Razorback Foundation yesterday, then I went by Bud Walton. There's been a little bit of a leak there, a, a pipe had busted. Uh, Bud Walton's actually pretty amazing. There's usually never any problems like that. Our floor got flooded when Bobby Portis was here. I think it was in the fall of 2014, but it was because a construction site next door on a dorm had messed up. That's the only other time I've seen water inside the bud like they had a couple of days ago. But the maintenance people, the housekeeping facilities, they all got everything back. And there's big drainage grates in that big tunnel. A lot of that water ran out fine. And uh, they were able to, to get it all cleaned up. It's nice and warm in there. So, yeah, I've been out running around. Uh, I had some heat issues myself at my house. So it's been uh, my downstairs has been a little sketchy. But my upstairs is nice and warm. So run some space heaters at times. I don't like space heaters. <laughs> They're dangerous, but I've been running space heaters at, uh, at, at, at night and stuff like that just to keep keep it going. It's cold. You know, uh, I woke up before something in the morning you know, and I was going back to sleep. I got up, I looked at my phone, and it was minus 5, Joe, and the feel-like temperature was minus 16 in Fayetteville uh, at that early in the morning. It was it was crazy, man. That was, that was, it was cold. Coach, work never stops, though, um, and, and, you know, you said you had some issues there. Saw Joe Klein messing with you on social media where right, he, right. he asked if, if you were uh, doing the segment from the Bills game, the Bills and Steelers yeah. game, because it was so cold there. It, it felt like I was. You know, really, I've done a good job. We've been able to keep the downstairs really about 50 degrees. You know, it's not 70 like we like it, but at least it's. Uh, we've been more worried about the pipes. And, hey, we're not dripping our faucet. We got our faucets running. And, and dripping them things will freeze up on you so we, we haven't been dripping i said we ain't we're not dripping anything we are full bore running we got a little stream running from each faucet and mainly just worry about these pipes but you know what it's going to be above freezing i think tomorrow afternoon uh which normally i wouldn't even pay attention to but when you're battling the, like it is right now I've, I've been looking ahead to when it finally gets above freezing so, Coach, the biggest question on everybody's mind, Arkansas is 0-3 in conference. Yeah. They've uh, taken a couple of hits on the road, which sometimes you can see that coming. But then it right. goes back to the last time they were at home playing in Bud Walton Arena against Auburn. Yeah. So the big question on everybody's mind is, how do they turn this thing around taking on A&M yeah. tonight? That's a really good question. You know, it's been a complex team, hasn't it, guys? It's just that it's been complex. It hasn't been as easy to figure out. Is some of the other teams have been, and really 
always going back to the defense and the inability to keep people from driving to the basket. And a lot of teams have trouble with that. It's not just Arkansas, but we have had more trouble with that this year than any of the five years coach has been here. And so it was very shocking last Thursday. We we traveled last Wednesday after the Georgia game, and we got to, we got to Gainesville about 2.15 in the morning. Next day we go to practice, and I was sitting there, and he, he, he said, I'm about to put his own in. And I didn't believe it because he's never done it. And he did, and they worked on it on Thursday and worked on it on Friday. And, of course, Florida had no idea it was coming, so it really was a pretty good strategic thing to do. What I like about it is it's making Texas A&M have to prepare a lot more for his own. Because before, when you prepared for Coach Musselman's team, you knew you were just going to get half-court man-to-man. Even the press, when they throw that, that's not really like a full, like, get after you hard press and trap and try to make you turn it over. So really, you just got to get ready for good man-to-man defense. And this year, with uh, not being able to pe- pe- keep people out of the paint driving the ball, you know, it was smart to go to the zone and now make these opponents have to think about whether we're going to play zone. And you can play it. He showed the other day you could throw it out there, and it was it was somewhat effective, at least uh, the, first, the last ten minutes of the first half. Well, Coach, do you think that uh, this is something that may happen sooner in the game because – it's interesting that, that you said that the coach mentioned to you that he was throwing in the zone because people on the outside, the idea that they had was this is something that just happened spur of the moment during that game against Florida oh, no. just because they weren't defending well. So it's yeah. good that you're able to bring that insight and the fact that mm-hmm. this is something that Coach Muss and the team worked on between yeah. the games, Georgia and Florida. Yeah, he told me that even the week before that uh, he had thought about it. Uh, that like before even the, I think even before the Auburn game and then right after the Auburn game, he was really wanting to put a zone in just to see if hey we got to do something different. We're not defending well at all, and he didn't decide not to do it. And then but he did do it, and they did practice it Thursday and Friday and even Saturday morning. You know we always practice for an hour on game day, and they they walked through more stuff on the zone then. So they did get some action against the zone before the game. Uh, and it was good, and you know it gives Joseph. Joseph can play man, but Joseph was better in the zone. Than he was man, and really Layden was very good in, in, in the in the zone defense. And Jeremiah Davenport has gotten beat off a of dribble some this year. He was pretty active. He's so high energy. He was good in the zone. And Trevin Brazil can be a good man in the zone. Whether it's on a, he was in the middle some. He really needs to be one of those back uh, outside spots because he's so long and covers. And uh, there was times he was in that spot. So there's, this is a team that could really do a good job, I think, playing just a basic two-three zone. We've seen Devo play defense at a high level, and most of the time that you know this team has been a man defensive team. And so, you yeah. know, with playing a little bit of zone, they're probably going to go back and forth with it. But outside of Devo, who who's the best man defender on this team? Well, or who are some of the better I, ones altogether? Yeah. Well. Makai, and he's not out on the floor guarding the guard, but he is when he's not fouling, you know, he's a he can be a pretty good defensive player. Uh, Chandler Lawson is pretty good in man-to-man defense because he he hedges really well. He uses his length, and then he hustles and recovers to go to go help his teammates to get beat off the dribble and try to contest shots. Um, so probably those guys along with Devo. And I, you know, I really thought it was going to be L. Ellis, who's going to be a very good defender. And he's had some times, you know, Duke, Purdue. We know how well he played at those games. And he played very – it wasn't just offense. It was very good defense uh, during those games. I think Elk can guard. He's just having a hard time getting in there. And then Menefield, 
you know, in the the couple games where he shined, he was super active uh, the, the, on both ends of the floor. So he's a guy that can play man to man, but he had trouble. He had trouble in the SEC games uh, keeping guys in front of him. So it's going to be interesting. But I think you'll see the Razorbacks start off the man to man tonight. And going back to the Florida game, Battle and Minifield, they play limited minutes. How do yeah. they go about getting those guys back into the flow and, and playing a little bit more, seeing yeah. more court time? Yeah, just coach putting them out there and, and going with them and, and giving them some quality minutes, you know. It, what was the weirdest thing about that game was that we had uh, uh, 15 Razorbacks played and, and only only six guys scored a basket. That was it. Out of the whole thing, they scored a point. Not much a basket, a point. I, I've never seen, you know, so many guys play and not score. Nine guys. And, and what was weird was – out of our top five scores, three of them didn't score. Battle's your number two scorer after 16 games doesn't score. Uh, you know, Menafield has moved into, as far as points per game, third on the team, doesn't score. Devo, fifth on the team, doesn't score. That's very unusual in any basketball game, unless there's suspensions or something, for, you know, to have three, three of your top five at least not hit one free throw. And so I think that this team's got to get back to being balanced and having multiple guys. You don't have to score 18. Score six. And my buddy here scores six. And he scores eight. And let's get this guy with 14 and this guy with 13 and this guy with 12. And you balance scoring because there, there is depth and ability to do that. Coach, is, he played 14 guys and a half the other day. So he knows he's got guys he can put out there and they might produce. Is, is that what – part of the process is right now you mentioned playing pretty much the whole team there yeah. uh, and you know some of that happened in a blowout situation where the game was wow. in hand you put players on the floor but you see more players hitting the floor you know to figure things out to see what what's yeah. going to work best and you know it's something that people aren't used to seeing especially this time of the year from a coach must team yeah because he's usually at eight guys by now and last year, it was more like play eight guys, but it was about 10 or 11 of them that might be that, that eight. And we've kind of felt like all year it was going to be that same type deal, 10 or 11 guys, maybe even 12, but he's only going to play eight of them. But this year, it's been more of, I'm going to try all 12 of them. Now, they may only be out there for two minutes, but I'm going to give them a try. And he's, he's played 14 in, in halves before, and not blowouts, like you said, in close games or in games when we're behind, 14 guys. And so he is still kind of trying to figure out who he's most comfortable with, who he wants out there. And, and that's, that, that's tough. That's tough for a coach, and that's tough for the, for the, for the players, you know, no, trying to figure out what their rotation is, when they're going to be in there. And, and uh, it's, it's really unique. I mean, Bayfall played quite a bit the other day in the second half, you know. And he went in. He was the ninth man in the second half. He's been the 14th, 13th man. He was the ninth man in the second half. Uh, Laden Blocker was the tenth man in the first half. In the second half, he was the sixth man. You know, so it's it's just kind of up and down. I've got no idea who's going to be the star tonight. I do think Arkansas could beat Texas A&M at home. We've done that a lot throughout history. Said the same thing about Auburn, though. But you know, Hogs have always beaten A&M here for the most part, ninety uh, percent of the time. But it won't be easy and. Uh, it's going, it's going to be interesting if we're talking about a win tonight, who is the star? Is it Battle? Is it Davis? Is it, Hopefully it's about nine of them that played great. What do you see from this A&M team? We know that Buzz Williams is one of those coaches. He likes 
for teams to defend well. And then uh, they got into a nice battle with Kentucky the other day when they, they were able to come away with a win in overtime. But as far as this A&M team this season, what do you see from them? They're a unique team. You know, I, I picked them second in the SEC, and uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to get to that. They lost some guys that were pretty good. Marble last year, they had, they had some players that were pretty good for them, but they had the starting guards back. So we had Wade Taylor back, who was, you know, in one of the organizations last year was SEC Player of the Year. Brandon Miller won most of the SEC Player of the Year. He won, Taylor won once. You got Tyrese Radford back. You had Henry Coleman back. So you had some guys that have played, and that's why they were so highly thought of in the preseason. But they kind of had some issues. You know, they lost to Florida Atlantic, uh, which is a good team, and they scored 47 in an ugly game uh, against Virginia. And you're like, man, this this A&M team maybe not as good as last year. And then I thought, well, they'll get right at home against Memphis would be a big win. Memphis went to College Station and beat them. So they they've had they lost to Houston. But the big one was losing at LSU, and they just were discombobulated. They couldn't get in the flow. Their, their defense was not good in that ball game, and uh, their offense was gone. And they, they lost like 68 to 53 or something like that at home to LSU, who was like 2-16 and 16 in the league last year, but, it, but who is better? And so it was stunning. That's made the most stunning defeat in the league so far. But they bounced back. They played better against Auburn. And then they got the good win against Kentucky, and that was a really uh, high-level game, 97 to 92 in overtime. So they're going to come in here feeling pretty good. Um, I think they're they're a team that has offensive issues at times. I think if the Razorbacks are highly energized and getting after it on defense, that, that you can hold uh, Texas A&M into the 60s. But we've not been able to do that to people. There's been teams we thought we're going to hold this team to 65, maybe 60, and they scored 83. And so it's going to be real important. Uh, defense is, is the number one thing for this energy and defense. And we're getting killed on the glass. You know, again the other day, minus 17 on the glass. It's hard to win a game minus 17 rebounding. I know I've been there. And so the rebounding has to be better. Bud Walton Arena should rebound better. A&M always seems like they're uh, just a tough team altogether. And you saw a sense yeah. of that against Kentucky where Kentucky was making a bit of a comeback. And it was kind of a game that was going back and forth. And you thought at some point that Kentucky was going to take over and maybe win the game in regulation, but then they go into yeah. overtime, and then uh, A&M just kind of ran off in overtime. But they just yeah. seem to be yeah. that type of team that's always tough. They're always going to be in the game, and then they're going to give yeah. themselves a chance to win. Yeah, because it's not a free-flowing fly up and down the court, you know, 100 possessions game. It's not that way with A&M. It's more of a grind. And the 97-92 was very unusual, but it, it did have an extra five minutes in there. But Wade Taylor can play fast or slow. We've seen that out of him. Uh, I love his game. I love how he plays. He's smart. He's crafty. I mean, he, he is a guy that probably not – he may not ever play in the NBA. But he's a great college player. And uh, he, he's one of those guys that he, he does have some turnovers in there because he got the ball so much. But he does so many things. He comes up with the big steal. He comes up with the big deflection. He makes the nice pass. And, you know, he's a third-year guy. That was a huge deal when, when they got him. He was not a high-level recruit. But can you imagine A&M, you know, the last two years without Wade Taylor? They wouldn't be very good, let me tell you. And so he's been a difference maker. And he's the guy that tonight the Razorbacks really got to – I'm anxious. I want to see who's out there on him. You know, and I, I was not at practice for today's 
game day practice, and I wasn't there yesterday. So usually I kind of know, but I don't know. I don't know who is if it's going to be Devo out there on him. Is it going to be late? Is it going to be? Is he going to put? He's going to throw L back out there. Is it going to be Caleb Battle? Who's going to be out there trying to harass Wade Taylor? I would guess it would probably be Devo. Coach, uh, there at the point in the season, uh, a couple of conference games per week. And so A&M tonight and then South Carolina on Saturday. And yeah. even though we don't know the results of tonight's game, what do you see from South Carolina and that team that's going to come in the Bud Walton Arena? Well, I've been surprised by South Carolina. You know, they, they were really bad last year, guys. They were the – LSU was probably the only team in the league that was worse than them. And they have done – Lamont Parrish has done a good job. He's, he's still got Michi Johnson. Give that kid credit. He had a pretty good year last year. And you know what? He could have left. Most kids in his situation have a good year. You're playing well. You're scoring the ball. They're going to go. They're going to think they're going to go to greener pastures. And I was reading a couple of his quotes from Michi, and he said, "You know what? I like being here. I like school here, and I like the coaches. So I just thought, why do? Why would I want to leave? I love that. And he stayed, and he's having a good year. And they've added a couple other guys, and uh, they're they're much better. You know, the kids they had last year, Gigi." He hadn't played at all in the NBA until the last week. He had 23 last night in the NBA. He has done, he's done a great job. But South Carolina, it'll be tough for him coming to Bud Walton. But um, they played pretty good at Missouri. I'm, I'm not. I don't think Missouri's got quite much this year as they did last year. But it was still good for them to go on the road. They've not been winning any road games in South Carolina, and they go get them a good road win up at Mizzou. So hey, it'll be, it'll be a good game Saturday. I know a lot of people coming. The bud will be, I don't know if the bud will be packed, packed tonight, but I know the bud will be packed, packed, and wild on uh, on Saturday for the Gamecocks. Well, Coach Z, it's good talking to you as always, and we always look forward to hearing from you. Have a great call tonight on the game, and we'll talk to you again soon uh, around yeah. this time next Tuesday. Awesome. Always like being on with you guys. Y'all enjoy watching the games. Please stay safe and stay warm.